Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Bella Perez Rubio, Puma Podcast, and you're listening to Teka Teka News. In today's episode, Every day, I woke up. But the bad news from Afghanistan, I watch Twitter, I just follow Facebook, and I just follow every day bad news. And it affects me so much. Even I am here, I'm in Denmark, I'm safe, but mentally I'm not okay. Like still I have, I'm in shock, honestly. Even I can't believe the Taliban has took over Afghanistan. A year after the Taliban takeover. An exiled Afghan journalist is still reeling, mourning her old life, and struggling to adjust to her new one as a refugee. Last year, after Taliban was took over Afghanistan and Kabul, Because I was working so hard and I was talking every time about Taliban and their rules. That's Wahida Faizi, an Afghan woman who worked as an award-winning journalist for several years before she was forced to flee her country. So my name was in the target killing list of Taliban. So when Taliban was came to Kabul, I have to leave Afghanistan because my life was in danger. If I was staying in Afghanistan and Kabul, I'm sure Taliban was killing me because of my work. After two decades of war, the longest in U.S. history, the last American troops left Afghanistan in August 2021, giving way to a shockingly swift Taliban takeover. The world looked on in horror and disbelief at the images coming out of Kabul. A mother tossing her baby to U.S. troops over barbed airport fencing. Hundreds of Afghans packed into a military plane, while others gave chase on the tarmac. Several people who clung to the aircraft as it took off fell to their death. Wahida had already been in hiding for six months prior to the Taliban takeover. And even as she attempted to leave in August, she worried that she would be recognized and killed. I remember that on that bad days, I was just stand up for uh, out of airport like 24 hours. And just I was waiting for uh, Taliban to allow me to enter the airport. On that days, I just saw Taliban was beating everyone like They ask us that why we are leaving Afghanistan. We should stay in our country. They are beating me. I am remember on on that day. Even they are beating my husband. That why we are leaving Afghanistan. When the last U.S. plane departed a minute before the agreed deadline, six thousand American citizens and an estimated seventy eight thousand Afghan allies were left behind. Wahida says she was luckier than most. A colleague from the BBC spotted her at the airport 
and helped convince Taliban fighters on the ground to allow her to leave. But the scars of those days remain, even as she tries to forge a new life in Denmark. From last year up to now, my husband has pain on his back because Taliban was beating him so much. And he is still have pain and he has back problem now just because of the Taliban beating him so much. The life she left behind still weighs heavily on her too. I leave my everything in Afghanistan. Like I left my mother, my father, my house, my home, my friends, my job, my career. So I left everything, everything from A up to Z. Two days ago, my brother was got engaged and I was uh, watching their party online and I'm crying a lot because it's something that never someone can feel me that what I, what I'm talking because no one can know that what happened in Afghanistan. Wahida now works as the Gender Coordinator for International Media Support, or IMS, a non-profit organization. In her work, there are some remnants of her old life. Her employer in Afghanistan was a local partner of IMS, and her job now entails coordinating with other Afghan reporters. But everything else in her life is foreign and new. Like, I have to start everything from zero, I have to learn language. I have to know the society, their rule, their law, everything. And honestly, it's not easy. Still, I'm in panic. I'm in shock. Wahida says nearly a thousand Afghans were taken in by Denmark last year. But some of them have left over the difficulties and uncertainties posed by the country's refugee policy. Six months after they arrived in Denmark, Afghan refugees learned that they were guaranteed only two years of asylum. They are still living in something not camp, but something like we call them welcome house. It means that they didn't have their apartment to live because most of them are jobless. It's not easy to get a job in Denmark. The system is very hard. Uh, even I know some Afghans who has planned to go back in Afghanistan. So it means that the law and the procedure in Denmark for refugees so much hard and so much difficult, and they can't live under the pressure. We came to Denmark to have a good and relaxed life. But in here, we have many, many problems. Like for everything that living as a refugee in Denmark is not easy, honestly, at all. We'll pause for a bit. But when we return, we talk about what life is like for women in Afghanistan today. Many were right to fear that the Taliban's return to governance would see a swift reversal of the progress made on women's rights. They have since imposed draconian restrictions on women's access to education, employment, and political representation. Before Taliban was took over Afghanistan, women had uh, their rights, freedom of speech. They had rights to work with an international organization. They were working in a police, in an army, as a doctor, as a journalist. 
as a support person, everything. But now, even they are not allowed to go to school. They didn't have any rights now. They didn't have freedom of speech, nothing. Taliban wants to, women just in a state house are working something from home. Like as a wife who is just cooking and cleaning the house, nothing more. And as reporters in Afghanistan struggle to document Taliban rule despite censorship, harassment, and intimidation, their own ranks are dwindling as more and more women journalists are kept from work. Before we had 2,000 women journalists in Afghanistan, but now we have just 200 women journalists in Afghanistan. And it's something like big changes just in one year. And from uh, last, I guess, up to now, more than 100 journalists are arrested by Taliban and they are beating him just for covering news. Some had hoped that the Taliban's return to power, at the very least, would put an end to the grinding conflict and reduce rampant corruption in government. But Wahida says that hasn't been the case. Just 10 minutes ago, a big bomb blast was happening in Kabul in front of the Russian embassy. And just three days ago in Amosik, every day the bomb blasts are happening in Afghanistan. Just local media is not allowed to cover this news. So if we say that Taliban scheme and security is good, I think this is not true. Just the media is not allowed to cover this news. According to latest reports, the suicide bombing outside the Russian embassy in Kabul on Monday killed at least six people in a rare attack on a foreign diplomatic mission. The blast at a Herat city mosque last Friday left at least 18 people dead. It was mostly international outlets that covered these attacks. Of course, everything is happening in Afghanistan. So much bad, but the journalists are not allowed to cover this. Even for those journalists, they are going from Denmark, from UK, from every country for covering the news. Even Taliban was arrested them. Like we have three journalists two weeks ago. It was 400 journalists. The Taliban was arrested because of the covering news. So in this situation, we can't expect that everything is truth published in the media, especially for Afghan media. Afghanistan's economy is also on the verge of collapse, and the United Nations says the country is experiencing one of the world's worst humanitarian crises, as 95% of its population go hungry under Taliban rule. With less and less independent reporting coming out of the country, Wahida makes one final plea. I have just one message for everyone who is listening to this program. I think Afghanistan, especially Afghan women, need your help and uh, more than before. I'm sure everyone was helping Afghan journalists, Afghan women before, but as I think, we need more support now than before. Please stand up with Afghan women and please listen our voice. And that was today's episode of Teka Teka. Again, I'm Bella Perez Rubio. This episode was produced by Kat Ventura and edited by Preska Pistrano. 
If you liked today's episode, share it with a friend or two. And don't forget to leave us a 5-star rating on your podcast app. It really helps get the word out about our show. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.